0: We want to stay true to our word. Imagine you are lying on the beach, enjoying a well-deserved day off. It's a hot day, and you long for, you long for a refreshing dip in the water. But what are you going to do with you with your wallet and keys? Yeah? I am imagining that. Hide them, Hi. or ask a neighboring sun weir- worshiper to keep an eye on them. A study by psychologist Thomas Moriarty shows that asking someone is probably a better idea than you think. His results showed that in general, when people on the beach witnessed a stage theft of a radio from a neighboring towel, only 20% reacts. But if the owner of the towel had asked people to please watch my things, of their neighbors became near-vigilantes, even chasing down the thief and forcefully grabbing back the radio. Why? Quite simply, we humans have a strong desire for consistency. We wish our actions to be consistent with what we have said. As the study showed, this drive is so strong that it even seems to trump concerns for our own personal safety. This desire for consistency stems mainly from the fact that it makes life easier. We don't need to decide how to respond to each situation we encounter if we can simply be consistent with our earlier decision. This kind of of automation helps us navigate our complex world what but what dictates consistency the answer is simple commitments research shows that once we commit to something with words and or actions we wish to be consistent with that commitment and the public commitment is the most powerful driver of all for example after the Korean war, Chinese interrogators got American prisoners of war to collo- collaborate using this tactic. First, they asked them to make very small concessions such as writing and singing innocuous statements like America is not perfect. But then, when these statements were re- read publicly across the prison camp, the prisoner was often la- labeled a collaborator by his by his compatriots. Astonishingly, astonishingly, the prisoner that then started to see himself as a collaborator as well, consequently becoming more helpful to the Chinese interrogators. He effectively adjusted his self image to be consistent with what he had written down before, and having the commitment in writing was also an important element in this process. There is something inescapable, inescapably powerful, pow, powerful about written words signed by one th- oneself. widely known foot-in-the-door sales technique takes advantage of how even small commitments affect our self-image. The first goal of salespeople is to get prospects to make a small purchase that is not even intended to make a profit. Rather, it constitutes a small commitment that may change that changes the the prospect's own perception into one of a customer, making them much more amenable to the larger deal down the line. So the next time a a salesperson asks you to buy something, no matter how inexpensive, be careful. The harder we have to work to get something, the more we value it. From tribes in Africa to college fraternities in the United States, when a new member is being inducted into a book group, initiation rituals commonly involve pain and degradation, sometimes even death. And efforts to curb the brutal practices always meet with dodged resistance. But why is that? Quite simply, the groups engaging in these rituals know that if if people go through a lot of trouble to attain something, they tend to value it more. The effort needed to achieve membership makes the members more committed to the group. But interestingly, groups like college fraternities have also resisted efforts to transform their initiations into some form of community service, like changing bedpans at hospitals. This is simply because They want members to make the inner choice, to participate in the degradation and not to make excuses like, this was for the good of their community, which would allow allow them to use an external justification for their behavior. To make the inner choice, they'll need to convince themselves that it's worth. And this means elevating their view of the group they're joining. Indeed, research has shown that such inner choices are more more likely to produce lasting inner change compared to choices made due to external pressure. Compliance professionals like salespeople can use, for example, the lowball trick to try to generate inner change in us. A car dealer might make such, such an astoundingly cheap offer on a car that we immediately decide to buy it. The dealer knows full well then that, during the test drive, we will then independently construct several other reasons to buy the car besides the price, like its good mileage or nice color. At the last minute, the initial great offer is retracted because of a bank error or another flimsy excuse and we are quoted a more expensive price. Usually we still end up buying the car because of the reasons we came up with independently. This is yet another facet of our desire for being consistency. To defend against this manipulation, simply ask yourself, you you'd make the purchase have you known about the true price beforehand if the answer is no you should walk away when uncertain we look for social proof have you ever wondered why sitcoms often have laugh tracks. In fact, research indicates laugh tracks will make us laugh longer and more often, especially at bad jokes. This is due to the principle of social proof, which states that we often decide what the correct course of action is by looking to others' behavior in the f- case of laugh 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 track even artificial laughter helps convince us that others consider the jokes funny meaning we probably should too this dynamic is also used by church ushers t- assault collection baskets with a few bills before the service to make it seem like everyone is making donations. And it's why companies often advertise products with the lines like best selling or fastest growing. It makes customers feel like others are buying the products too. Social proof becomes a particularly powerful influence when we face uncertainty Uncertainty. Consider the famous case of Kitty Genovese, who was stabbed to death to death outside her apartment building in New York, New York, in 1964. Some neighbors heard the young woman's cry for help, but no one intervened or called the police. The media soon reported that the neighbors had been. Ca- and completely unconcerned about their neighbor, sparking outrage. Later, it was discovered that some individual neighbors had yelled out of their windows or called the police, but still the case is studied as a perfect example of bystander inaction, where people are less likely to help a victim in an emergency if other people are present. Psychologists speculate that this bystander effect is mostly due, due to two factors. First, when people, many people are involved, it diminishes their, the personal responsibility felt by each participant. Maybe someone else will call the police. Second, it's often hard to identify a real emergency especially in urban environments. Does the man sitting by the street need medical attention, or has he just had too much to drink? Is the scream from a murder victim or someone watching a thrilling football game? This kind of uncertainty drives people to look to others' behaviors for guidance. the Kitty Genovese case, people were trying to un-conspicuously peek out their windows. So this may have also indicated to others that inaction was the right approach. So let's say you get into an emergency amid a crowd. How can you get help effectively? The safest bet is to single out an individual from the group and direct a clear help to request at them. You, in the green shirt, call an ambulance. This way, the person can shy away from the responsibility and won't need to look for guidance from the others. As a result, they will most, almost certainly help. People who are similar to us can greatly influence our choices. As As we have seen, people tend to look for others, for guidance, as to how to behave. And this tendency is strongest when the person observed is similar to ourselves an effect that can be seen in how susceptible susceptible, susceptible susceptible, teenagers are to the opinions and fashion choices of their peers. Our tendency to emulate others also produces a rather grim statistic. When a suicide is highly publicized in the media, the number of people who die in airplane and car crashes increases dramatically in the following week. At the first class, this is rather baffling phenomenon. What can you explain? How, what can explain it? The answer seems to be that, after reading about a suicide in the paper, some people resolve to take their own lives to emulate the victim. For several reasons, some decide to make their deaths seem accidental, and some of them will opt to do so while driving or frighteningly flying. Hence, there is an increase in unexplained crashes. Sadly, these are not people who would have committed suicide anyway. Research has shown that every front-page suicide story effectively results in the deaths of 58 people who would have otherwise gone on living. This is known as the work- worker effects, named after an 18th century book that sparked a wave of suicides across Europe, apparently in the emulation of the protagonists. Protagonists. On average, these effects seems to be the strongest for people similar to the person whose suicide was publicized. When young people read that a, another youngster has committed suicide, they are more likely to take their own lives, while older people are more likely to react to news of suicides by seniors. In a last tragic... In, in a last tragic setting. This dynamic is also why marketeers often use advertising featuring mostly fake interviews with regular people on the street who endorse a product. Ordinary people comprise the largest potential market for any product and they value an endorsement by a person who seems similar to themselves. To avoid failing for this trap, make a conscious decision to be alert for such counterfeit social proof. Most of the time, you'll find the fakes easy to spot as the dialogue is clearly scripted. And when you do spot them, you should avoid all products from the company in the future. For they deserve to be penalized for trying to manipulate you with phony social proof. We comply with people who we like, and it is it is easy for for some people to make us like them. Have you ever been to a Tupperware party? If you go, be sure to appreciate the skill with with which the business model leverages the power of compliance tricks for reciprocity, where well, every attendant gets some kind of gift before the buying begins, to social proof where each purchase made, by, made strengthens the view that similar people are also buying the product. The concept is masterfully crafted. But perhaps the greatest trick in, that in is that the invitation, invitation for the party has not come from the Tupperware presenter, but rather someone whom every, every invitee likes, a friend. Which is, why is this such a powerful trick? Well, as a rule, we are more compliant toward people we like. And in addition to leveraging our existing friendships like Tupperware does, really compliance professionals also know which switches to pull to make us like a person. For one, they know we're also so good for flattery and tend to like people who are similar to ourselves in some way. This is why salespeople frequently compliment us and claim some similarity to us. Say, that's a nice tie. And blue is my favorite too. Another factor in influencing whether we like someone or not is whether we find them physically attractive. Attractiveness produces a so-called halo effect, meaning that we tend to see attractive people as smart, kind, and honest. Worryingly, we even tend to vote for more attractive candidates in elections. Yet another especially powerful factor in liking someone is Coupon cooperating for some shared goal, or seeing them as on the same team. The infamous good cop, bad cop interrogation method employs this factor to great effect. After a suspect is verbally abused by the bad cop, the kind and understa- understanding good cop stands up for the suspect, seeming like a friend and trusted confidence, and thus often eliciting a confession. Finally, the things we associate with people are central to their likability. Whether, for example, we have gotten death threats for accurately predicting poor weather simply because they are associated with it. On the other hand, if we hear about something... While eating delicious food, we tend to associate the matter in question with the positive feelings elicited by the food. To protect ourselves against likability manipulation, a good step is to ask, ask ourselves whether we have come to like someone or something unusually strongly in a short time. If so, this could be due to some form of manipulation. and the, and alarm bells should ring to shade the sun. Ainda bem que estou a ler em voz alta, senão já tinha parado. Ainda bem que estou a ler em voz alta, senão já tinha adormecido. We obey authorities without question, and mere symbols of authority can already win our compliance. From birth. We are taught to always obey figures of authority, authority, be they teachers, doctors, or police police officers. Unfortunately, this tendency to comply with authority is so ingrained and powerful that we don't bother to think or challenge perceived authority figures before obeying to them. Renowned psychologist Stanley Milgram conducted a study in the 1960s showing that volunteers would administer potentially Potentially lethal electric shocks to others simply because they were told to do so by an authority figure. Although no one was harmed, the experimenters were surprised by the results. Consider the example of a nurse who got written instructions from a doctor, an authority figure, to treat a person with an acne in his right ear. Administered the medicine in our ear. She proceeded to put the drops in the patient's. She proceeded to put the drops in the patient's anus, and neither she nor the patient stopped to question how this would help his earache. That's because authority negates independent thinking. If we have have no reliable evidence of another person's authority, we use symbols of authority to estimate it. Titles, for example, are very powerful devices that greatly influence our perception of someone. Faced with, say a professor, we not only become automatically more respectful In accepting of their opinions, but studies show that we also tend to see them as a physically physically taller. Clothes and props are also powerful authority symbols. In Milgram's experiment, it was the authority figures, white lab coat and clipboard that convinced the, the participants they should obey them and torture their fellow test subjects. And... And con artists exploit the power of these symbols to their extent by dom- donning uniforms, suits, and even priests' robes if needed, if need be. Of course, there are authority figures that we should listen to, like judges or certain phys- physicians. But how can we avoid people who abuse? Our deeply ingrained inclination to obey authority. Well, being aware of power power of authority is already a first line of defense. And to quickly and easily recognize if an authority fear should be obeyed, we should ask ourselves two questions. First is this person really an authority or merely masquerading as one? Are their creden- credentials valid for this y- situation? For example, actor Robert Young became famous for portraying the titular doctor in the TV show Marcus Welby, MD, from 1969 to 1976. He also became the face of Sink a coffee in many the new advertising advertisements, which were very successful because people considered the actor to be a doctor and an authority figure. Young Merley played once on TV. Here simply asking if this His credentials were valid for recommending Santa Coffee, who has ever revealed him as a false authority. The second question you should ask with a (laughs) car. The second question you should ask when confronted with an apparent authority figure is: How honest can we expect this authority to be in this situation? Do they have our, our or their best interests at heart? A waiter, for example, may be an expert on the wine list at the restaurant, but also stands to gain from recommending more for expensive wines. So there we have it, the methods expert, experts use to influence. Knowing these six fundamental, fundamental principles of persuasion, reciprocation, scarcity, consistency, social proof, liking and authority will hopefully help you protecting yourself against them.